0: Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts should empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Well, hi everyone and welcome again to another episode of The Menopause Project. You'll see that we've changed the name of their podcast a little bit to reflect that I'm really listening to you, women going through menopause who want to be more in touch with yourself and feel greater sense of confidence, freedom and ease at this time of life. One of the things that's really sometimes under pressure at this time of life is our relationships. And today is Valentine's Day, so I'm absolutely delighted to have a guest, Glyn Condon, who is a coach and conflict resolution specialist, to talk to us about her life, her approaches and how you can build better relationships. Welcome to the show,
1: Glyn. Thank you so much, Clarissa. It's a pleasure to be here and happy Valentine's Day. And the
0: same to you,
1: (laughs) the day of love. Yes. um, I don't know about, um, well, I can't say every woman, but I can certainly say many women are focused on today. Um, The month of February is, we often get many, many messages that this is the day, this is the special day. And I think women are focused sometimes on... hmm, I think perhaps how much attention we may be getting or maybe not getting <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yes>. so <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's it's a big call today for us for a lot of women, and um, yes, yeah, so I spent this morning at a networking event reminding some of the men that it was Valentine's Day, just in case they'd forgotten.
0: <laughs> I think men tend to forget that along with anniversaries, and we mark those dates in our calendar and and think, "He's forgotten, it does means he doesn't care, which of course isn't always true at all
1: no it isn't always true it's just the different brains and and how we relate to things and yes you're right we mark it down and perhaps they don't so i just thought "Hmm, might be a gift to some people that i don't know to to (laughs) remind and and it's not saying that they may not have remembered they may have remembered but i thought look it's an opportunity anyway so
0: yeah and we're not all hearts and flowers anyway some of us are not in that space
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and it's just really, it's really about doing what's right and what's true for you, what's true for your values. So, yeah.
0: That's very true. But Glenn, tell us a little bit more about you, your journey and how you came to be working in this space.
1: Well, um, I think it started really with my parents because my mum is British. And my dad is from Yugoslavia, from what was called Yugoslavia. And they had very, very different ways of communicating. Um, Mediterranean, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve, show your emotions, cry, whatever happens, happens. And then perhaps the stoicism of British Mm. culture. Uh, Don't air your dirty laundry in public, that Mm. sort of thing. So complete opposites. But not only complete opposites of how they related, but also how they argued and how they made up. Mm. And I did notice that when I was growing up, of course I did. But it wasn't until I started having relationships that I really looked at, oh, it's not the thing of having an argument that's important. It's the thing of the making up that's important. And yeah, so I started to look at that. And then It wasn't until I had my children that I was really starting to look at, ah, they're actually quite honest, aren't they? So
0: (laughs) Especially when they're (laughs) small.
1: There is nothing like a three-year-old honesty, right? There's just nothing like it. Um, And then when there was a little more honesty, shall we say, when my girls started their teenage years, Mm. I started to think. Ah, I'm taking things personally. I'm taking things personally all the time. And it was when I started to look back on relationships and started to think about my mum and dad and, and then look at my girls and I thought I could really do with some kind of support. So that was when I first started looking around mm-hmm. and I discovered um, compassionate communication it's called NBC Around the World. It's called Nonviolent Communication. Yes. And it was first founded by Marshall Rosenberg.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was actually the five-year anniversary of his um, death, of his passing, about four days ago. And um, he, I studied with him and he ran intensive trainings all around the world. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, the intensive trainings are still going on with... Um, certified trainers but of course yes. not not with Marshall and um and he he was very inspiring and um a lot of uh, the certified trainers are inspiring I find and I'm a certified trainer and I don't know how many there are actually around the world um it grows and grows every year yeah um But yeah, so that's how I first became interested. That I really wanted to stop taking things personally. That my teenagers said to me. (laughs) Oh yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I've got a I've got a twenty three year old I know, (laughs) and several Mm -hmm. stepsons who are also they're teens at the moment. So stuff comes out. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's really handy to have something where you're not taking things to heart so much. And I think that's, that also can go, be translated into your relationship as well.
2: Yeah. And if
1: you can have a way to, hmm, I guess it's something like having a way to soothe yourself, yes. um, work out a way that you can kind of talk to yourself or journal through it, mm-hmm. and then use those skills, not only... With yourself, but when you come to talking with your partner or any relationship that there's been um, a difficult conversation, yeah. or when you anticipate a difficult conversation possibly occurring, and look, I know it's very easy, and I can see why people avoid difficult conversations. They're yes. awkward, mm. and they're heart wrenching, and. Yes. You don't necessarily step forward for that and put up your hand for that.
0: No, no.
1: Mm. And, and most I've, of all,
0: probably not with someone you really love and care with. That you wonder what impact that's going to have yeah, on the yeah, relationship.
1: Exactly. Totally. And and sometimes when you've had a little bit of space or you're starting to make up a little bit, and things are less tense, you also think. Well, do I want to go back into the lion's den and broach that difficult topic? It's a no-brainer. You go, "And no, I no. do not want to do that." <laughs>
0: no. yes. That's survival, isn't it? We don't put ourselves in that's our basic, most basic brain system kicking in, going, It's probably not better to put your head in the lion's mouth. We, we wouldn't do exactly. that a Stone Age person. so we, we tend to do the opposite. We tend to move away
1: yes yes that is it exactly and um so having a gentle way to talk with yourself to start with and then having a way to be gentle on yourself in those conversations is a little bit more enticing i'm not ever going to say it's easy but um thanks to this particular process you have a four-step process which Mm -hmm four steps you can remember them in the moment so if it gets any more complicated than four steps you know it's it's very hard yes. to sort of do in the moment
0: mm. yeah that's so amazing that sounds amazing i mean it sounds like something that people could actually do yeah in difficult situations and i and i've had i've actually had some contact with the mvc center i think i did a compassion a year of compassion training with them years years ago so they are an amazing group in the way that they think it's it's very um different to the way we approach our lives today
1: yes um and i noticed that when i'm listening to people and when i'm in the company of people that have that style of listening it's very soothing to be listened to. In that way that um, it kind of translates like you're important or you matter Mm -hmm. and that sense of mattering is is one of the basic human needs that we all have and um, I'd love it if it spread even more
0: (laughs) yes I think I agree with you that uh, creating that space where we drop all our internal conversations or thinking about what I'm going to say next and actually just held space for the other person would make an amazing difference to the way a lot of relationships, whether they're personal or professional actually unfold.
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, I was learning something recently where um, when you um you know when people have an mri they go into those machines and it tells you yep. all different parts of the body and and then when they have an fmri then it's that actually shows different areas of the brain that lights up and when somebody's talking about something difficult and uh, a witness might um, even just name the feelings that might be happening just a wild guess um, their nervous system relaxes because it means that when you're actually talking about feelings, it resonates and it, and it really lights up the right hemisphere, which actually mm-hmm. can create change in our cells. In, in so, mm-hmm. And then when we talk about needs language on top of it, then there is a huge light um, the brain lights up quite dramatically so they've actually proved that it's really a magnificent way of um, giving that understanding and real empathy to people yeah that is
0: that is beautiful that is beautiful but maybe we'll wind it back I mean why is there so much conflict particularly like in personal relationships Where does that begin? Is it just a difference in your parents or other factors that make this conflict so common?
1: Sometimes I wonder but you know, how is it we understand anything anyone says? I think it's because we have all of the messages that we are taught when we are younger. So we have what we would call um, expectations. So I'm just going to try and think of an expectation. So, oh, well, let's talk about Valentine's Day. So if I have an expectation that I should get a dozen red roses, then there's a chance I might be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm saying that my partner should get me red roses, then that's going to cause conflict. My partner may not even be aware that red roses are, are the that signify valentine's day for example yeah so you know so there's those things that we're brought up with and what's Mm -hmm. important to us and then i guess there's also the way we express it Yeah. yeah so often people say that they just don't feel like they're on the same page with another person
0: yeah
1: yeah and then then there's also those expectations that come in where somebody might be halfway through saying something and you've run away with a picture that you've got in your mind. And before you know it, there's a total misunderstanding because there's no checking that the message sent equals the message received. Yeah. So yeah. So there's, there's lots of reasons. Culture is another reason. Um, Lots of misunderstandings. And I think that's where, Needs language draws it together because needs language helps us put get on the same page. Mm. Because if I said to you, um, oh, I have a real need for support, you would be able to go, Yeah, I've had a need for support before mm. in my life. Yep. Actually, I had it yesterday. You know, <laughs> it, <laughs> we all <it's>, do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So with that universal needs language, that helps us get on the same page. And then, um, yeah, so I think, I, I, I'm sure there's lots of other reasons that we have differences. Um, age, of course, makes a little bit of a difference too. Um, yes. Our experience in life, mm. our jobs make a difference, um, our training, what, yes. we've, what training we've been given at home as well of course so,
0: yes if you come from a family where everything's avoided and brushed under the carpet then you know and that's <laughs> i can be me just personally coming from a house where no one wanted to talk about anything then it's much much harder as an adult if that's the behavior you've learned as a child to then change how you express what you need if it's all about say nothing keep quiet victim, martyr type behaviour, you carry that with you into adulthood. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: you certainly do. And it's not easy to change those behaviours. You can't change them just overnight. Mm. But I think if you are willing to, you can change them and practise it. And I guess with anything that we practise we need to step gently and be gentle on ourselves Mm. so that we have the courage to keep going and start small and just take small steps Mm. and, um, yeah. And just keep practicing. Just, it's, I think with compassionate communication, it's kind of like yoga, you don't go to your first yoga class and go darn it I haven't got it you know I I can't (laughs) stand on my head or whatever um I don't I don't know what that pose is called but um yeah so (laughs) and um so you don't say that to yourself you keep practicing and I think the other thing that like I think that it's like yoga is sometimes I'll go to yoga and the Pose might be tree pose will be very easy on both sides of the body, mm-hmm. and then next week I go great. What's happened here? I can't stand on my left leg for some reason. I'm all wobbly. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I think you with compassionate communication, I guess, and and with clients, I don't ever say that we're going to strive for perfection. That you're going to reach that I don't know that blissful state because. We only know what triggers you've had to date. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No.
0: <laughs> no, of course not. And so it, it is about that moment, how you're going to manage that particular moment rather than, as you said, you don't know what the future is going to bring, what challenges we might face in, in, into the future. We only have tools to help us.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And this is one tool, you know. Um, yeah. I happen to really like it, and um, yeah, and it serves me and has served me very well over the last fifteen or seventeen years, I think. Yeah, and still gets me through lots of sticky situations. So, mm.
0: so there are four. St- so there are four steps to the process.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. they are observation, where you would. Um, It's often referred to like a camera shot. So if I showed you a picture and I showed eight other people the same picture, you would all say something similar and describe it in a similar way. Um, It's also a great place to start a discussion or um, a difficult conversation Mm. because if you get that component accurate or you're agreeing on that component, exactly why you're having the discussion, yes. you have a much better chance of, <laughs> of going in a direction that's going to be welcomed and warm and respectful. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, the second component is feelings mm. and you don't always have to include that particular component, but it does help take some responsibility for how you are in the moment,
0: mm. as
1: opposed to you made me feel oh,
0: something. Yeah. that. is more like I feel. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And um, and uh, yeah, and you know, there are some circumstances where there are tragedy. Tra- tragedies in someone's life that you will have an outside influence that will contribute to your feelings so i'm not saying that that isn't the case that you always yeah um and then the needs component which is the third step is the universal needs Mm. and that is um terms that Everyone on the planet has either experienced or will experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You may put those words slightly different if it's a child of five. Um, Yeah. And they will have different needs perhaps and haven't realised the the full spectrum of needs maybe at a younger Mm -hmm. age. Yeah. Um, But everyone, no matter what religion, belief or practice, no matter what age or gender or culture, Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the last component which is the request component yes and i would say from well for me that was always the hardest because it was actually putting something out there that you were then going to ask somebody else so it, to actually do um, or to help you do mm. and i i always found that part the hardest because then you had to accept a no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or you had to make yourself vulnerable that that person may not um, want to give you uh, what you've asked for. Yes. Yes, yes. And
1: sometimes when I get to that place, I think, oh, this seems so big, but it's really so small. And Mm. I I think that sort of even polarizes it a little bit more and it's even more difficult sometimes for me to get out. So, you know, just, just making it a whole lot hard for myself, yeah. that's all. But
0: well, those are really yeah. beautiful steps that everybody could relate to.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're pretty easy to remember as well. So, yes,
0: yeah. even in the moment, even in the sort of a, when things feel emotional, when things feel yeah, you know, there's friction there. You can still, I, I believe, learn to ask those things. Yeah, but yeah. we need to practice. I mean, how do you start practicing small there, Glenn? What kind of things can people do to start practicing small in in this space?
1: Well, I think journaling is a really good practice, and journaling just with those four processes, those four steps mm. in the process, mm. and also attending practice group, for example. That sometimes is helpful. Mm-hmm. There are a number of practice groups around the world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I run one online um, each month. And, yeah, so there's plenty of opportunities, from what I can gather, that to, to actually practice. There's face-to-face practice groups as well as online practice yes. groups. Yes, yes. Yeah. And um, practising the journaling component is something you can do at home, mm-hmm. just a piece of paper.
0: Of course,
1: um, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a really it's a really beautiful process. Um, as an example, I had a few months ago I had a plumber come to the house or the apartment, I should say, and I'd had a plumber for the same thing two times before. <laughs> so, so I I wasn't probably in the space of oh, I wonder what this plum was going to say. I was probably like, hmm, three times, <laughs> hey? Yeah. Let's see. So I was probably a little, you know, impatient or exactly. on that side of things. yeah. yep. Right? yep. Um, so he was doing his thing and I came in and said, oh, just to give you sort of like some background information, this is what happened. This is this and I explained it. And then he said something like, well, I think what you need to do is replace something or other. And I said, oh, and I realised, oh, I actually said in my explanation that it had been replaced. So I I was already a little sort of tetchy. And then when he thought he wasn't listening to me, I thought, hmm. So I decided that I would just let it slide for a minute and then ask him, um... What did he think should be done? And after he told me that, he said, oh, I need to go to the truck and get some, whatever, some bits and pieces. So when he went to the truck, I journaled on it. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Because I thought to myself, this is a great example of an in the moment thing. I'm going to do this. (laughs) And so I realized that uh, what I could have done was I could have asked him what he'd heard me say because... I wasn't clear. Maybe I hadn't been clear enough. Yeah. Maybe he misunderstood and he was already thinking of the solution. Mm-hmm. So when he came back, I said, look, I just want to just briefly go over what had happened. Now what, I just want to check. What have you heard me say? Because I'm really important to me that, I, that I'm clear. And because I journaled, I was calm. Yes. So it didn't matter to me what his answer was. I was really holding the outcome really lightly. Mm-hmm. And then he said what it was and I said, ah, there's just one piece that maybe, is it okay if I just say that piece again? And when I said it, then he laughed and he said, oh, of course, he said, this isn't what we should be doing. We shouldn't be replacing it. And then he looked under the sink again and he said, I found it. It's like, goody, (laughs) goody, goody. (laughs) so it was it actually worked really well even if he hadn't resolved it i was still i journaled it so i felt really much better in my body in my whole yes of
0: course and that that's that's kind of that that's a, a a situation that's quite simple in some ways, but yeah. still a lot of opportunity for that to go wrong and more money and another plumber and all the rest. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think in that situation, in, in personal relationships, though, things are a lot more, can be a lot more tense, can't they? A lot more heated. Yes. How does, so. yeah, especially I think, you know, some of the women that I know are listening to this, this podcast, menopause throws your hormones into a twirl. And we get we 're much quicker to react we 're much moodier, and in those situations, how can this process help us more? Well, I
1: think it's about taking the time. Mm. I would have to say that the thing that impressed on me so much with this work is to slow down, mm. and I was doing a mediation um, oh months and months ago now and it struck me as very obvious that even when a particular couple were interacting, they were rushing through it. And even when they were agreeing, they were rushing through it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I thought, oh, when they're agreeing, there's actually no chance for that deep connection. And when they're disagreeing, there's no chance they're going to be able to see each other's point of view or even hear how they're expressing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that slowing down, I think, is really the, one of the best things that you can do. It's probably the hardest thing too. Um, yeah. oh, we're yes. short on time, yep. we're rushing. We've only got 10 minutes before we actually sit down and have dinner. We might be watching Netflix while we're having dinner. Um, mm. Yeah, we work back, we work longer hours. All of those things contribute. Um, I actually think something that I discovered a long time ago that I don't often do on a, well, I suppose I don't often do it frequently, Mm -hmm. but I do it regularly but not frequently. And that is meditate Mm -hmm. um, by myself or with my partner or with somebody else holding the space.
0: Yes.
1: And that will slow down your system. Mm. and help you not only be a little bit more compassionate to yourself, but definitely have compassion for the other person. Yes. And I think, (sighs) mm, I think slowing it down and being curious. My kind of go-to phrase is get curious.
0: Yes. Yeah. Get curious. Start, get to the why. Understand the situation. Yes. Because when
1: you have expectations, you have, well, you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Oh, oh, heck, you know, you shouldn't be thinking like that. Oh, no, you should tell them this. You should never say that. And so there's a lot of that have to, should language when you have the expectations. When you're curious, it would be more like, ah, can you tell me more about that? So is it that you feel frustrated and really are longing for some warmth and nurturing? Yes. And then when you touch on those things, that curiosity in the, in the way of, say, a question like that,
0: mm.
1: doesn't mean you have to get it right. Like, say, even if it was a teenager and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I used to experience. Um, I'm not feeling frustrated. I mean, as if what I am is I'm feeling really, really annoyed. I mean, it's so (laughs) damn annoying. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And slam goes the door perhaps. Right. Yes. Um, But what you have is you have the information. Yeah. Whereas before you, before the question, you may have had nothing. You may have had a barrage of, insults or just a whole bunch of Mm. stuff you know Mm. come out so as a parent you you are Mm. armed with a lot more information
0: yes and as a partner you'd also be in the same situation if that's going on you would at least understand where the other person is point of view is where they're coming from what's driving that or at least an inkling if the person even can't express that fully then there's there's a direction rather than one that you've presupposed yes
1: yes our expectations can get us an, a lot of bother
0: <laughs> misunderstanding and points of uh, points of conflict between each other
1: yes big time, big time big time and look i still have conflict it's not that you can learn this and have not, no conflict coming towards you it's just that you have a toolkit in your back pocket to be able to um, well more than survive it thrive really, you get through the other side and you don 't feel as drained and as affected by it. Mm. you can actually um, you ha- you 're even better equipped to talk about it with somebody else rather than going d- down that same old path and digging a deeper and deeper, deeper rut for yourself. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, I don't know how many times you can tell the same sort of story to your friends before they're going to be kind of going, hmm, we've heard this before. So, you know, you you can get better at expressing and, and doing some of the venting and with your friends so yeah. that's another thing it can it doesn't if it doesn't get you out of you know it completely resolved you actually can re- express it in a different way express to your friends so.
0: yeah because so, yeah, um, you're right people get tired of hearing you complaining and venting for the sake of venting and and then i think you see a lot of women certainly a lot of people turning to facebook and they're venting there then till nobody's liking your post and you wonder why or you're venting <laughs> or you're drawing to yourself the same negative energy that you're giving out.
1: Yeah, that's so true. That is so true and sometimes even though we're trying to be a really good friend, we can sometimes keep people stuck in those patterns. Yes. We think we're being supportive and and it's really hard to be honest without mm. it sounding like you are no longer my friend
0: <laughs> exactly yeah so i, I think yeah. and i see that a lot i mean i follow a lot of the forums of women in this podcast age group and they are venting about everything not just so much about their symptoms but their, how much they hate their doctor how horrible their husband is no one has and i'm like this and then other people join the conversation so the conversation goes round and round in a mass of negativity and venting that doesn't have a positive outcome either because generally you get things like oh you should leave him or something and really that that's just not where people need to be at because there's no real resolution to that Yes, it's their
1: opinion and what they would do and how they've been affected by that Facebook piece or that piece yes. of writing that they've seen. And you're right, it's, um, it seems to be a world of fixing without just getting curious and just really mm-hmm. hearing, well, that's important to you and what else is important to you? And ah, oh, what yeah. else?
0: What else? It takes a one-sided view. I mean, no conflict is a one-sided view either. It's, yeah. there's, a, there's two people if it's between, you know, a partner or even between a boss and a, an employee. It's never, the conflict is never just one person's viewpoint. There are two, two sides to this. Yeah. So actually turning that around.
1: Is yeah, the, and I guess also somebody might not be ready to hear a strategy yet either. So I might've just started to explain to you how I've had this strategy, strategy and tragic thing that's happened in my life and you're fixing it for me straight away. It's, well, I hadn't quite finished, you know, like, um, and so maybe I needed to talk a little bit more about it rather than hear what your ideas around it were. Yes. Yeah. So there's, and, and um, I think that probably says a lot about what we want. It actually took me a long time. I remember practicing with my friend. I'm so grateful for that practice way, way back. I haven't thought of this for such a long time, but (laughs) practicing when I, I would invite her over and say, okay, I need to practice. So just tell me something that's happened to you this week Uh and I'm going to give you empathy. And she'd go, oh, great, you know, this is perfect. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> but I was so distressed by her pain. And I said to her, ah, right. And it wasn't that there was too many terrible things. Sometimes it would be, you know, terrible, let's say. Yeah. But it would just be ordinary things. And sometimes I'd think, oh, my goodness, I don't know what to say because this is terrible. And then I realised maybe just say, I don't know what to say. You know, this is terrible.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and that's, that, that feels so much more honest, but, but we are in fix. We're often wanting to fix, you're right. To sort of, I can fix you. I'll give you some advice from my experience. Mm.
1: Mm. And it comes from a really good place. You know, we, we want to help so badly. Yes. Only it just, I think if we, I don't think there's, it's not that you shouldn't say it, I suppose. It's just more that maybe you should check it out. You know, like yeah. I've actually got something just popped into my head. But are you ready
0: to hear that sort of thing?
1: And then the person can say yes or no.
0: Exactly. Or I'm. Um, I want to share it with you, but you don't have to take it on board. Kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is just my thought. Without saying to the person, this is what I think you should do, rather than that's brought up a thought for me. X. Yeah. Why or whatever yeah. it was, and let the person absorb that, and they might say, Oh, that doesn't feel right for me, or Can you tell me more?
1: Yeah, I think just one more point I would squeeze in there, and that is I would check out whether you even were in the space to hear it. True, because that True. because sometimes if you were just talking about some tragic experience, then you may not even be,
0: mm.
1: as a matter of fact, some people. May not even be listening to what you're saying. That's they're only listening to what, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I would probably just squeeze that in there where I'd still check if they were even wanting to hear it at any point. Yeah. yeah. And And I think, you know, going back to partners, I think that thing of slowing down is important, but it's also about how what they're saying and what they're going through right at that time is the most important thing.
0: That's very, that's very, very uh, interesting. That's very kind of insightful. I mean, I thought about is that actually what they're going through? Yes, because there's a difference between the in the moment and the wider context that's actually bringing that up.
1: Yeah. Mm. And, you know, if you can't listen, then I think being honest is a really good idea. Um, because if you're rushing to get somewhere and somebody's just stopped you and they're starting to cry, all you're going to be distracted with is, uh-oh, I'm late. How long are they going to cry? You know? <laughs> and, and whilst <laughs> yeah. in another place and time, they would be perfect listeners for an hour and a half. But right now, oh, how do you get out of that? You know? So, yeah. Being honest and just saying, oh, my gosh, you know, you are so important to me. I want to hear this and I'm torn. Um, I need to go because I'm actually running late, but I can also see you're upset. Can we have dinner tonight? Exactly. Something where you can close it up so that somebody can feel really, um, just feel that warmth yes of, the, of yes. your friendship you know so
0: yeah mm. yeah yeah that is beautiful glenn i think we could talk all day about NBC, but uh, you know i think you've given there some really good tips as well about slowing it down i think that is mm. yeah i think we're all in a mad rush trying to do too much and in this world i think that's just this world is like that now it, yeah. and it doesn't it hasn't got better I mean, I think we've always been busy but the reality is that this, we feel we have to do so much that yeah. we're under so much pressure and
1: I think women often complain about that or talk about that now with the emotional load um, yeah. of having to deal with all the household things, having to deal with their own mm-hmm. jobs so I'm finding that I'm working with a lot of women in that regard now so that they can feel i don't know have that self soothing thing that i was talking yeah. about as well yeah. as know how to talk to their partners about that that side mm. of
0: things so i think you've had a great advice in that slowing down space but also that you know that curiosity that asking for more information to not presuppose that we know and not to try and fix without understanding
1: Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. thank you that is
0: beautiful and glenn if people want to learn more about you and the work you do how do they connect with you
1: yeah they can send me um, an email um, glenn at keystoneskills.com.au and i'm on facebook as well as keystone skills and i'm on linkedin and instagram yep (laughs) i think that covers it and um i i actually wrote down something as we were talking and um it was that you know how the saying goes no man's left behind or no woman's left behind (laughs) i'd like to say that it's no voice left behind so i'd like to hear everybody's voice so
0: yeah That's beautiful. No voice left behind. (laughs) That is fantastic. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast and sharing your wisdom.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much.
0: Wonderful. So... I found that a very inspiring when I was listening to that and I hope everybody out there listening did too. I think there's some really good points there. Check out Glenn at keystoneskills.com.au, email her and learn more about the work she does and how we can actually resolve conflict and make our lives a lot happier than we sometimes are. We're not burying ourselves under all the things we think we should must or can't say for whatever reason. Hope you've enjoyed this episode on nonviolent communication. Be sure to check out the websites and follow Glenn on Facebook and Instagram. Next time, join me when we'll be talking to Annie Gibbons, who's a really powerful transformational coach about how she has gone through menopause, and the work she does to lift up other people. If you want to learn more about thriving through menopause...
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from.